You're very kind. Thank you. Uh, great to see you. Um, let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's have a look. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read it for us. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, We also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Tonight I want to speak to you about treasure in jars of clay. I wonder, do you feel like a jar of clay at the moment. You know, just the slightest knock and you might crumble or shatter. Perhaps your body feels like a jar of clay at the moment. I mean, no offense, but none of us look good on Zoom, do we? This passage is is also where Paul very specifically uh, says the title of our series, Don't Lose Heart. Not once, but twice. And so at this time, and particularly as we're about to enter a second lockdown. If you're tempted to quit, to bail out, to give up, or more likely to to dial out or to drift away, then this message is for you. If you would apply what Paul says in this passage to your life, you would not lose heart. And the first time that 
Paul says, don't lose heart in this passage. It's actually a bit of a curveball. If you have a look at verse 1, he says, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. So, step one in how to not lose heart, it's, it's recognizing that you have a ministry. Or in other words, what we see in verse 5, Paul uh, says that you are a servant. You may be thinking, yeah, Jamie, I've got this jar of clay, but what I need right now is not a ministry, but bubble wrap. But this ministry is not for the people who've got it all together, who've got it all sorted. It's not for the super strong, it's not a niche obsession for the super keen bean Christians. This ministry is the first thing that Jesus said to his disciples. It's the last thing that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. It's the first thing he said to many of his disciples after he rose from the dead. And it's the first thing he said to his disciples after he ascended into heaven. And come to think of it, on those occasions, his disciples, they were mostly frightened and fragile, fearful and flat. And how did he say to them, don't lose heart? Well, he commissioned them with a ministry, a ministry to bring people to him. And at a time when it might seem like life is on pause, it might even feel like life with God is on pause. More than ever, people need purpose. That's why in Connect Groups, we are looking at the seven spheres of influence. Because whether you're a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, well, that's what you do. But the why you do those things, the why you do the what you do, is to carry Jesus to people. And this is what followers, followers of Jesus have done right throughout the ages. I mean, particularly at a time of, of pandemic. It's people carrying people to Jesus in such a way that, that makes people sit up and take notice. It makes the world take notice. It makes leaders take notice. And in so doing, changes the course of history. What, what Nikki and Scylla said in Connect Groups uh, last week, uh, what Jago said on uh, last Sunday, God, he, he is speaking to us as a church about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, about being the aroma of Christ, and I found both of those uh, videos so helpful to engage with, uh, so encouraging to me this past week. And, and, and note that this, this ministry is, is not something that you earn in your own strength, by the way. In verse 1, we read that this is uh, through God's mercy. So you and I, we can be encouraged by that. But it's not long before there's discouragement, isn't there? Because... When you talk to your friends or your family about faith, about the things of God, you invite them to Alpha, and their, their eyes just glaze over. It's, it, and it's, it's like they've been blinded. And that's what Paul describes here in verse 4, that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And it's disheartening, isn't it? It's even heartbreaking, because you love them. But we don't lose heart. 
Because it's so clear throughout this letter that it's Jesus' desire that all would come to know him. The, the, the second time that Paul says don't lose heart is in verse 16 where he says, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And the word for renewal that uh, Paul uses here is the, is the word that he uses when he talks about the renewing of your mind. And so the, the content of your head is directly connected to the condition of your heart. The key to not losing heart is is what goes on in your head, what you put into your head, what you choose and decide to focus on and think about. And Paul, he says that we are being renewed day by day. I mean, Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In Lamentations, we read that God's compassions are new every morning. There is a new mercy every morning for every moment that you find yourself in. And, you know, there's, there's no sort of spiritual boost that is going to last you a lifetime. We have to live day by day. In other words, we have to live by faith. We have jars of clay and they leak and so we need to be constantly filled with his holy spirit the one who who points us to jesus he points us to what god's purposes and plans are for each of us we need to to constantly do what what paul says in verse 18 and to fix our eyes uh, not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. You know, it's ironic, isn't it, that we treat what is uh, eternal as if it is temporary, but we treat those things that are temporary as if they are eternal. We, we fill our days by, by stressing about and, and fixing our eyes on the things that are temporary, and we treat this planet as if it is eternal. You know, this, this world is, is fading, And it is fading fast. And the only things that are going to last in eternity are God and men and women. I wonder if you've ever heard the phrase, to be be so heavenly minded, to be of no earthly good. It's complete nonsense. The exact opposite is true. The more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you will be. But the trouble is that so often what is out of sight is out of mind. And so you've got to to proactively think about what is out of sight, constantly looking and fixing your eyes on them. This is about bringing the eternal perspective into your everyday existence. And this is not escapism. This is not just sort of pretending that your troubles are not there. Because uh, Paul, in in verses 8 and 9, he he, he writes, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And if you map these verses 8 and 9 onto chapter 1, 
verses 8 and 9 that I was speaking about last week. What we uh, discover is, is that Paul, he actually felt like all those things were true at the time. And now, with the, the benefit of hindsight, he, he hasn't forgotten how those things felt. Now, he's saying it, it really was bad. But Paul, he has this set of scales. And on one uh, side of the scales, he, he puts all the pain, all the, all the hardship, all the confusion, all that which is temporary. And on the other side of the scales, he places all that which is eternal. And they far outweigh all that which is temporary. What does Paul write in verse 17? He, he writes, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Paul, he is saying that pain is not just something that you endure through, but it actually contributes to your glory. It's glory. Glory uh, means uh, your, your ability to, to, to hold the weight of God. It's your capacity coming your way in, in, in heaven to, to experience a whole kaleidoscope of, of joy, of, of wonder, of fulfillment. And so we don't lose heart. You know, 70 or, or 80 or 90 years on this planet is really quite quick. But forever is a very, very long time. And you can begin experiencing that today. But it's got to be lived one day at a time. Living your life in light of eternity. More than your light and your momentary and your fleeting troubles. But still, how, how do we day by day fix our eyes on what is unseen? Well, the clue is there in, in verse 6. And Paul writes, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Remember Paul on, on the road to Damascus, he was blinded by the light. Well, yes, he was, but actually that light illuminated him. And it wasn't just the, the experience of encountering Jesus, but he realized what that meant in his heart. Last week, Jago uh, spoke about uh, where Paul writes about when someone turns to the Lord, um, that the veil is taken away. And then in the next chapter, Paul uh, will say that the new creation has come. And, and this is the creative Jesus that I was speaking about recently. The creative Jesus who created the world and he goes on creating. And the staggering thing is what we see here in verse 6 is that this, the same God who spoke light into being in Genesis at the creation of the world, that, that all the creative power in the universe, not only did he create the world, but he reveals himself to you. Deep in your dark and your dusty and your troubled heart. When you look at Jesus, when you look at Jesus face to face, just as Paul did, you realize that what you are looking at is all the glory of God. And this is hope. 
This is hope for even the most wretched of sinners. I once was blind, but now I see. And what do you see? I see Jesus, and I see what he has done. And it's this, what we see in verse 13, this same spirit-given faith that not only helps you to believe in Jesus, but helps you uh, to speak of Jesus and what he has done. And so that's why Paul, he, he speaks and he writes about what he sees here. And what does he see? He, he, he sees the, the, the deepest and the innermost uh, secrets of the universe and God's saving plan for it. And when you see that, you see enough light to navigate your way through an increasingly dark world. And as the darkness is getting darker, the light is getting brighter. And that is what you fix your eyes on day by day by day. And this is what gives you confidence as a minister for Jesus. When Paul writes in in verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay uh, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. this, this, This is within you. And it's, it's definitely not to say that you're better than anyone else. No, of course not. It's, it's just to say that, that you are carrying treasure. Sir Oliver Franks was the British ambassador in Washington, D.C. in those all-important years following World War II and uh, towards the start of the Cold War. And he often had um, daily contact with both the president and the prime minister. And he had urgent and top secret messages to pass on. And so he couldn't use the telephone because the phone was almost certainly bugged. Um, so uh, he often sent a, a diplomatic bag uh, by air across the Atlantic. But for things that were really confidential, for things that were hugely top secret, for things that were really precious, he would just place them in an ordinary envelope and place them in the post. And just as the point of an envelope is not to look pretty or impressive, the point of a jar is to carry something. And you are here to carry the manifest presence of God, we, we get disheartened. We lose heart and we get disheartened by ourselves. But God, he doesn't want you to focus on the externals like this church in Corinth were with their apparently super impressive super apostles. Because the thing is, people don't need your power. They don't need my power. What they need is God's power. And, and so God, he has placed his treasure within you. Paul writes in verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. 
In other words, if you model your life on the gospel and the central events of the gospel, if you model your life on the crucifixion and the resurrection, you carry evidence of it. You embody it. And you know that death is okay because you know that life comes after death because you're, you're carrying Jesus around with you in your heart. Paul, he has not lost heart. No, he is carrying all the riches of heaven in his heart. When you think about it, there's, there's two kinds of light in this passage, isn't there? You know, there's um, the, the ability to see, the ability to see the light of the world, the ability to see Jesus. But also the weight, you know, the, the light and momentary troubles contrasted with the glory. In Hebrew, the word for glory is literally translated as weight. And here in, in Greek, Paul, he is uh, writing about a glory that, that far outweighs all else. Have you ever thought about what happens when you go into a lift? You know, you press the button, the doors open, you step inside, you wait an interminable amount of time, and then uh, the doors open, ping, and out you step. But what actually goes on when you hop in the lift? Well, it's not that you can see it, but when you press the button, there's, there's this huge sheet of metal, and it weighs the maximum capacity of those who can fit in the lift, plus some more. And when you press the button on the lift, the weight goes down and up you go. And when Jesus came down from heaven, in that cradle, in a cow shed in Bethlehem, was all the glory of God, the weight and the heaviness of God. And he came down so that you and I might be lifted up out of death and into resurrection life. Because the gospel is not just, I was blind, but now I see, but it was dead. I was, I was dead, and now I am alive. Which is, is what we read in, in verse 14, that we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us and present us to himself. And when the weight of that sinks down deep into your heart, you will soar on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. And you will walk and not be faint. You know, when I've made visits to the hospice in recent weeks, I know this isn't a very nice thing to say, but, but, but when people are on their deathbeds, they look like jars of clay. And I have the wonder, I have the joy, the privilege to be able to say to them that there is no guilt, there is no shame, there is no, no sin too great for Jesus to deal with. And that Jesus, he is the one who wants to take you from death to life. Can I urge you, don't wait until your deathbed 
to experience all the riches of Jesus' deathbed. And that is why we lay down our lives, just like Jesus. It's so that others may know life. The the Zoe life, the vigorous life, the, the life full of vitality springing up to eternal life. And to those of you who think that you've, you've heard it all before, you've, you've seen it all before, have, have you placed these riches somewhere in the attic of your life? Or are you treasuring this treasure that is within you day by day? Because this world is not going to be transformed by followers of Jesus that are hollow by jars of clay that are hollow. This world is only going to be transformed by followers of Jesus that have treasure within them, that are jam-packed with God's resurrection, life, and power. And Paul, he made his life a channel. He made his life a vessel for the Holy Spirit. This all-surpassing power Surpassing circumstances, surpassing feelings, surpassing abilities. So take heart. Take heart as you are renewed day by day. Take heart as you grow in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And take heart as you feel the weight of this light in your heart the all-sufficient sacrifice of Jesus and the all-surpassing power of his Holy Spirit in you, his treasure in jars of clay. Amen.